hey. Guess what? It's National Coming Out Day. Happy National Coming Out Day. Welcome to The Intersection. Thanks for meeting me at The Intersection. I am your host, Malika Salam. You got to say the whole thing every time, like a Tribe Called Quest and a Pimp Named Slickback. Now you will notice that I'm solo dolo tonight. No chocolate girl wonder. It's okay though. She's out in the world being great. She's actually at um, rehearsals for an upcoming production that she's in. So yay, chocolate girl wonder out here doing big things in the world. So yeah, y'all, it is National Coming Out Day. What does that even mean? Well, we're definitely going to get into it as we, you, I, me, the world, everybody who chooses to acknowledge it, um, celebrates this day, October 11th, for the last 29 years. Um, so let's get into the part that CGW is usually here for. What's tea? What's really tea? So I realize we've gotten off track. Part of the reason we got out of track is because there was no sugar in our tea because Queen Sugar was on their mid-season break. But now they're back and now our tea is sweet, but it's cold. Why? Because we haven't caught up on Queen Sugar. I know, right? How did we miss that? Mm. For shame, for shame, for shame. But it did make me think about some of the shows that we watch and what... I want to watch. I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, I've been really binge watching since I joined Netflix, however many moons ago. Um, so I'm kind of spoiled in that way that I really don't watch a lot of network TV. Um, and I only have been watching other shows and binge watching them because I had a like trial package, like whenever you sign up for some new service. So we got Direct TV. They gave us HBO and Stars. Um, I decided to get caught up on a bunch of stuff I hadn't seen before. Um, actually, I didn't know I had stars until late. And then when I found out I had stars, I was like, oh, well, let me check out Power. And oh my God, I got so addicted. Um, and I know that Power and Empire came out around the same time. And they're like competing themes or whatever. Uh, I don't like Lee Daniels. I feel the same way about Lee Daniels as I feel about Chicken and as Pac felt about Biggie. Uh, he's so fucking problematic. Um, oh, I'm supposed to be trying to not be an excessive profanator. So he's so effing problematic. Uh, I just, I feel like the type of movies he makes and shows that he makes, um, he's basically Pyler Terry Jr. And I don't like him. And that's how I feel. So I don't watch his show. Um, not even the great... Felicia Rashad could get me to watch the show. Like, I love her. I love everything she does. I love her as a human, as a woman, as an actress, as a dancer, as an all-around performer. And still, I will not watch that show on that network. Like, I don't fool with them at all. Um, but there are a lot of great shows that I do watch uh, when I get the chance. I almost never watch these shows when they're on their like regular airing night because I'm usually sleep. I work overnight, so I'm usually sleep or I'm working. I'm working on this. I'm working my Clark Kent or Clark. I would say Clark Keisha, but I just that whole gender, like let's switch it to a film, whatever. If 
Beyonce can be King B and I can be King Malaika and you can be King Lori. It doesn't matter. So, um, oh, okay. So apparently the video was cutting in and out. Hopefully, um, that is a little bit better. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I got all kinds of stuff going on right now. So hopefully this is, um, coming across clearly now. That is the goal. Um, so yes, I started thinking about shows that I watch, why I watch those shows, what I like about those shows. And, um, I am cold right now. I'm warm. I'm lukewarm on power. I finally made it to season four. I'm almost all cut up. I'm like two or three episodes behind where they are right now. So I know all the T's on that. I know, um, how I finally know I was trying to reverse engineer like Encyclopedia Brown, Sherlock Holmes, uh, figure out how, um, how they finally uh, busted and incarcerated Ghost, aka uh, James St. Patrick. Um, so I, so I got it. I got how the story all came together. Sneaky, very sneaky. I like what they did there because it wasn't the obvious, um, which then made it obvious because of course you get busted for something that you didn't actually do when you've gotten away with literal murder several times. So. Um, I'm all caught up on that, uh, and those folks are messy as hell, and they're definitely screwing up their kids, and so the counselor in me is just thinking, okay, when are these babies gonna be in some type of counseling for real? Like, when are y'all gonna start getting them help? Don't wait until they're adults, and then they're out here screwing their lives up, and then be like, oh, you should go to counseling. Nah, start getting them counseling now. Start at the side of the wound. But I realize that that's not the focus of this show. I also realize that um, I'm always saying how much of an a-hole that I think 50 Cent is, and I think that he typecasts himself as that, because I don't know about Curtis Jackson. Maybe Curtis Jackson is a person is fairly nice like I saw his interview on um own with Oprah where she like asked him a bunch of questions and called him out about naming his dog Oprah and all of the mean things he said about her and he seemed like he could be a decent human being I definitely want to ask him who broke his heart uh the the young people I can't even call them like my children like they're my children like they're mine but they're old and grown and got licenses and are out doing things now so um we watch power together and we discuss all of these things and we have a hella black time watching it calling people out doing the no nah, don't do that like it's it's extra um but we all kind of you know have come to the same conclusion like who broke his heart because all of his songs clearly this show is all about like love and unrequited love and all these complicated relationships around love. And so it is just my belief that Curtis Jackson may be a decent person. 50 Cent is not. He doesn't even pretend to be. There's no pretense there. Um, but I think it's because his heart got broken. And I would venture to say that it was his baby mama that broke his heart because I have heard and seen um, interviews with him where he talks about that and he really has no kind words to say to her um, or about her which is so different from the character in Get Rich or Die Trying that was based on him or was him so 
yeah, he's got he's got scars, and I just want to ask him who broke his heart. So I'm I'm warm on power. I'm cold on Queen Sugar. I'm cold on Blackish. I missed the season premiere of Blackish. Um, also one of those shows that I love, love, love because I love, love, love Tracy Ellis Ross. I have since girlfriends. I just look for anything for her to um, be in, even when it's terrible. I'm not going to say any names of any shows that I thought were terrible. Um, or maybe not terrible. Maybe it's just not a good fit for her. But this is like such a good fit, such a good ensemble cast. There's going to be a spinoff um, called Grownish. Um, because obviously their oldest daughter Zoe is, you know, graduating high school and going to college. So she's going to have her own show. So shout out to them for um, figuring out how to franchise this. And it seems vaguely familiar. I feel like when I was growing up, there was a family show that came on once a week. And we all watched it. And they had a bunch of kids. And all of those kids had different things. And then one of those kids, who was the eclectic kid... Um, actually goes to college and then we get another show that's iconic that we probably all watch that people are still referencing that just celebrated its 30th anniversary which I can't even believe I feel hella old because I watched that show um, so y'all know what I'm talking about and it's so sad because the person who put all of that together um, is is rapey and so it's almost hard to really talk about it because he's gonna inevitably come up but he did give us great television of course I'm talking about the Cosby show parallels between Cosby show and blackish and then of course now grownish um, with Yara Shahidi which is gonna be the spinoff hopefully will be our next different world so yay for that they got that right more representation um, more people of color on TV, more quality shows with people of color on TV. I am cold on being Mary Jane. I just, um, after she and Justin went public, I just kind of fell off and I haven't picked it back up and it's in my DVR, so I will catch up with it. Um, but I, I was so happy with the direction that it was going in a happy, healthy Mary Jane in a relationship, even though the relationship didn't start out that way. And then, plot twist, we're going to give you the same uh, problem-riddled Mary Jane. And I'm like, man, can this girl just find love and settle down and, like, be happy and not have all these issues? So I think I'm a little bit saddened by that, which is why I haven't really picked it back up. Um, I am also cold on Greenleaf. I've been cold on Greenleaf, um, since they went to their mid-season break. I am also, uh, cold on How to Get Away with Murder, which has obviously just come back. And I'm so ready for Atlanta's comeback. Like, is it 2018 yet? I need it to be 2018 because I so, so, so need Atlanta to come back. Um, shout out to Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, uh, for not being afraid to do the most. Because he was doing the most, and he's been awarded for it. Uh, never let anybody tell you, when you're faced with the question, hmm, should I do the most or should I dial it down? If you feel like you can achieve it, gotta do the most. Um, but of course, that's coming from me, the 
exalted empress of excessive activity. So I'm a fan of doing the most. Uh, that's, that's what I be doing. Like, hmm, what's on my agenda today? The most. Uh, apparently, Raven Simone is back on the Disney Channel. And she has a new show called Raven's Home. And it basically picks up. 20 years later uh and she's married and has children and uh the whole family thing and so it's kind of like their fuller house i haven't watched it i was a huge fan of the original hey woodstar i was a fan of the original um that's so raven and it wasn't age appropriate like i was grown and still watching that's so raven literally until they took it off the disney channel and i loved it i thought it was great i loved raven simone i always thought she was a little bit quirky and I like that about her I like that she was different um of course when she came out I was super thrilled like yes yes please I need more people who I can relate to who look like me um to be gay but then she let me know that we were nothing alike because she got on the view and showed her natural black behind and I hadn't fooled with her since and so it's bittersweet because part of me wants to watch the show but the other part of me is like I ain't gonna be able to do it like I'm just not gonna be able to be there for that with this Raven I don't know this Raven and then they pick up on this story and she's married to a man and has children and well and good and fine I get it they wanted to go for continuity um I kind of feel like Disney created this monster as we have seen them do with so much other so many other Disney children so I kind of feel like they should have taken a chance on her and done something bolder and even if she was married at one point like make her gay now let her be gay let her be herself uh she this is the story of the chickens coming home to roost. She's gone back home. Uh, they welcomed her, this little monster that they made back with open arms. Um, but I think they could have took a chance there and they didn't. So I don't know if I'm really going to get into that. Um, I was also looking for more shows that had that had representations of intentional family and by intentional family I mean you know different types of family structures so maybe children who are being raised um so children who are being raised in single family homes children who are being raised with uh same-sex parents or by other relatives uh just a variety of different ways that family shows up I haven't really seen a lot of that um obviously I was looking for gay shows uh seems like the biggest gay shows like the big were the series and they were queer as folk l word binge watch those uh hey rob hi so binge watch those got that in um have my opinions about that because neither one of those things really reflected my experience or the experiences of people that i'm relative to i get it though i get why it was such a uh hit but again i'm like 10 years removed from when those shows even went off the air or whatever like it's been a while since those shows have been gone uh but apparently they are bringing the real l word back i'm excited about the real l word coming back what i'm not excited about is they always lacked representation they had one couple of color on there and it was very much the monolithic uh stereotype so you know you have one feminine lesbian one lesbian who identifies uh masculine masculine of center stud and i just i know that there are so many there's such a variety of 
different types of identities out there. I would really like to see them do something different. Um, so I know they're also going to be, uh, I guess they're going to be bringing back some of the cast. So there will be some new cast. So that'll be interesting to see how people have progressed because some people got married and some people had children. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they bring those folks back. Obviously, again, 2018, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Titus uh, Andromedon show to come back. Oh, I'm the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's the Titus Andromedon show. But we, you know, whatever. They haven't changed the title. They haven't given him his spinoff. But we're all there for Titus. Titus totally stole the show in the second season. I'm ready, ready, ready for the third season. Uh, now, this week, I am super sad. Well, I'm sad about one thing because I'm sad anytime there's a you know loss of life. Um, Ralphie May, R.I.P. Ralphie May. Ralphie May passed this week, this past week, from a heart attack. Um, great comedian. Sad. I've you know we've we've seen it so many times before. For me, it's just another uh, message that we've got to take good care of our earthen vessels like this is the one you were given and whatever it goes through like this is this is you know delicate this is hand washed this is don't you know don't put it in the dryer hang it out on the line let it get some sun let it get some air so um sad about the passing of Ralphie May R.I.P. Uh, comedian Ralphie May also super sad because as I was looking through Netflix and as I was trying to find other uh, shows to binge watch other shows uh, using all of my secret codes y'all know about them secret codes that take you to all the categories that Netflix doesn't just pop up for you so as I'm going through my secret codes um, trying to find other things to watch other things with people of color other things with queer people queer women of color um, I run across the the death and life of Martha P. Johnson now, if you don't know who Martha P. Johnson is, shame on you. You've clearly been under a rock. Um, for some people, Martha P. Johnson really kind of came back into the public eye recently uh, because of Stonewall, the movie Stonewall. So uh, the movie Stonewall was a bit of a slap in the face, but let's face it. Are we really surprised that these things even happen anymore? So the Stonewall riots were a series of spontaneous violent demonstration by members of the LGBTQ community against police um, that took place in Stonewall. Uh, Stonewall, trying to get all the information for y'all, uh, took place at the uh, Stonewall Monument in Greenwich, in Greenwich, I think that's how you say it, Greenwich Village. Um, this happened in 1969, and it, it really was about not being, um, <laughs> that came up on your feet without a secret code. It's in, it's in the feed. That particular movie is in the feed. But of course, I was going to my feed to put in secret codes to find out, to add stuff to my categories. So yeah, it's out there. Um, and it's out there because this white man has done this movie and is totally taking credit for um, doing this movie. But really, the research around this movie 
was done by a queer person of color. Now, I'm going to pull up all her information in just a moment. But um, I need white people to stop stealing things. Okay? Um, people, like we went out here because they stole us here, uh, kidnapped us, held us captive on prison farms, uh, bred us. So the history of white folks stealing things, I remember going to see Sister Soldier. This is all going to tie in. Remember, uh, Sister Soldier came to U of M. This is right after she wrote The Coldest Winter Ever, and she was doing her book tour. She came to U of M, and I was so excited. I went to U of M to see her, and she came on stage with her purse. And because she's a person of color, she didn't set her purse on the floor. She had a chair at the podium, sat her purse, uh, I think, on the chair, or, you know, some something, not on the floor. And... She said, now I know y'all are looking at me like, no, she didn't just bring her whole purse out onto the stage and sit it down next to her. And she said, I absolutely did because I noticed that it's a lot of white folks in here and I don't trust them. She was like, they stole all of us here. You think they not going to take these $2 out of my purse? And, of course, the, the whole auditorium erupted in, in laughter. But whenever I think about white folks stealing stuff, that's what I think about. Um, I just, I'm like, they can't be trusted. So, um, so yes, this is what you need to know is that uh, the filmmaker who made this, uh, who did all of the research for this film is Raina Gossett. Raina Gossett is a transgender filmmaker and researcher, and she's saying that David France stole her work and made this movie. So while, of course, we're happy that there is a movie that really highlights the work of Marsha P. Johnson, um, which needs to be highlighted because really Stonewall would let you think that it was a handful of white folks who, you know, threw some rocks and got everything popping. And it was really the activism of Marsha P. Johnson that got everything popping. Uh, so she's done the research and then this idea was stolen. So um, lots of people have come out in support of it. If you go online and see what's trending, you are likely to find it. If you put in Raina Gossett, if you put in uh, Marsha P. Johnson, David France, you will find um, all of the different places that you can go to. A couple of the different groups that I'm in have posted and shared. Um, Janet Mock has come out in support of Raina Gossett and is, you know, basically asking people to donate um, to a legal fund to help her fight this. Uh, this could be a case of, in, of intellectual property. So, I would definitely be keeping an eye on that. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the film because it's still such an important piece. And this is where things get hard. Like, I want us to be able to talk openly about the Cosby show and it not be tainted by Bill Cosby. But it bears his name. So we can't bring it up without having the Bill Cosby conversation. Um, and it was such an important work. I think that this is an important work. I think that a film that talks about Johnson's 
work, her involvement in the Stonewall riots, her transgender activism, um, all of the inconsistencies around her death, that is an important work. And I just, I don't feel like I can fully celebrate it with this controversy around it because if it was stolen from Raina Gossett, then that's real effed up. And so important work that I want to celebrate and that I want people to go out um, and, and watch it and tell other people about it and get the information and get into it. But then I also know that Raina Gossett is struggling to pay her rent while David France is uh, releasing a multi-million dollar you know, movie deal that he made with Netflix. So, um, uh, watch it and let's talk about it. And let's also talk about, um, let's also talk about it being stolen and let's talk about how unfair that is and how often that happens. Um, this is the matrix all over again. This is, you know, other people write this stuff. Other people do this work. And then what we see is the Wachowski brothers, which I think they're now the Wachowski siblings because one of them is trans. Um, and so it's watch it cause, cause it needs to be watched and we need to know this and it's part of our history. Um, but also realize this is what I'm going to leave you with. This is a quote directly from Gossett. This week, while I'm borrowing money to pay rent, David France is releasing his multi-million dollar Netflix deal on Marsha P. Johnson. This kind of extraction, excavation of black life, disabled life, poor life, trans life is so old and so deeply connected to the violence Marsha had to deal with throughout her life. That that sums it up um so do what you will with that information um but i would be remiss not to let you know so on another note back to it's national coming out day my name is malika i am queer my preferred gender pronouns are she and her those are things i didn't know uh, when I started this whole process many, many, many years ago, um, I told my birth mother, Gigi, and then Gigi kind of told everybody else who's in the room, and then it turned into a whole, what, girl, how, when, why? Um, and then I got married a couple of times and a couple of more times, but you can read all about this on my blog, Purple Hair and Converse. You can read... Uh, the article 95% if you just go search national uh, go to the blog and search national coming out day you can get to that blog that I wrote a couple years ago it has since um, there have been other incidents I have learned more about myself I have uh, been able to walk more fully in my truth there is more to my coming out story since I wrote that a couple of years ago and um, you can get all of that by going to the Lesbionics blog. Just in time for National Coming Out today, Out Day, I have started a series called Lesbianism Declassified. And so whether you identify as uh, lesbian, 
queer, trans, by questioning, you can get some insights. Um, and this is specifically for uh, women who love women. So that's why it's called Lesbianism Declassified. I am not an expert by any means. However, I do have a wealth of knowledge and experience that I'd like to share with you. Maybe it'll help somebody. So National Coming Out Day has been going on for 29 years. 29 years. Um, it started on the anniversary of the National March on Washington for Lesbian and Gay Rights. And it was, it first started as a reminder um, that one of the basic tools of power is coming out, is living your truth, walking your truth. Um, and that the more people who speak up, the more hearts can be changed, the more minds can be changed, the more new advocates can be made for equality. So whether you are on the LGBTQI spectrum, two spirits, or if you want to come out as an ally, this is it. This is your time to, ra to wave your rainbow flag and say, I'm here, I'm queer, I'm a queer ally. Get used to it. Um, if you want more information about this, you can certainly go to um, Human Rights Human Rights Campaign. It's hrc.org, and you can get lots of information there. Um, if you are coming out, if this is your time to live openly, however you identify, there are multiple resources on the site for coming out, coming out as uh bisexual, transgender, uh, there's specifically um, a resource guide for coming out for African Americans, black folk, uh, religion and coming out issues for black folk, um, even coming out for Asian, Asian Pacific Islanders. So it's very inclusive. This is what we mean when we talk about intersectionality because you have to take all of those things into account. Um, I'll just give you a brief of what my last experience, my last major experience was, because it's always an experience. I'm always having to um, introduce myself in different ways, introducing myself to people at my children's school, making sure that my children are comfortable with people at their school knowing. Um, my daughter went to a middle school where my partner was her assistant principal, and it took a while for people to find out, like for them to catch on. She was not out at work. So um, that was an adjustment to make. And we really had to consider not just her being out at work, but how my daughter was going to do at school and with children, because children can be really mean. But she actually made it through that year with flying colors, made a lot of really good friends who came and visited with us at our house. We had a chance to meet parents. They had a chance to see us functioning as a family unit and realized that we're a family unit. We do what families do. We sit down and we eat dinner together. We go to the beach together. Um, we look at each other crazy. We tell our kids to wash the dishes. I'm a black mama, so sometimes I wake them up in the middle of the night because they didn't wash the dishes. But it's life. Like, we're living life. Oh, my God, my dogs are so rude, y'all. My dogs are so rude. I just want to figure out how I can put them out while I do this so that they can't be in the background making noise. 
And what I really want to do right now is holler at him so he'll stop. But then I feel like that would be me being extra rude. So we're going to try to act like this isn't really happening and uh, keep moving forward. So, again, coming out in all these different ways. But the biggest thing that I have done in the last year was um, finally having the conversation with my father. I feel like in my family, it was an open secret. Like, we just didn't talk about it. People knew it had been said. I had had those conversations on more than one occasion. But I never had that conversation with my father. These conversations always took place with, like, my mother and my mother's side of the family, my, my birth mother, Gigi. And... I um, never really had those conversations with my dad or my dad's side of the family. And part of the reason is because I moved to Memphis and my, basically my whole family is on that side is in California. Um, a couple of people in Atlanta, a couple of people in like Vegas, but most of my family um, that I grew up with that know me very well, are in California. So I still lived a good distance away from everybody where I could kind of have my life. So um, it's not like I wasn't on social media taking pictures with my girlfriend. It's not like I wasn't making posts about me and my girlfriend, but we just never had the conversation. So uh, last year I showed up at a couple of family functions with my girlfriend and my family the first time didn't say anything. They just were like, hey, you know, welcome. Thanks for coming. We're glad to have you here. It was a reunion of sorts. So um, nobody questioned anything. Nobody gave us shady looks. Nobody acted strange about it. I was really happy. I was like, you know, we didn't even have to discuss it. See, you're just here. Nobody asked any questions. Mm. But the second time I tried that, my older brother was there. And the thing about older brothers is it doesn't matter how old you get. You're always their little sister. So we're sitting around at brunch, we're sitting around at brunch, and I say something about the dog not, you know, I don't like the dog being on the bed, and she doesn't mind the dog being on the bed, and that was the moment at which, because he hadn't, asked, like, we, I introduced them, but he hadn't asked, like, who she was, who she came with, who she belonged to, anything. So he kind of looks across the table and gives me this look like, eh, dog, bed, you, her, what? Um, all of that in one look, cause right, that's how family does you, you know, the looks. So, um, later on that evening, we had a conversation and he asked who she was and I told him and there were lots of tears and snotting and crying. Um, when I explained to him that one of the reasons I lived in Memphis and didn't come home to visit and kind of exiled myself from the family for so long was because I did not know how they were going to take it. I grew up in a very, um, very heterocentered family. I, I'm not sure that anybody, when I was growing up, that there was anybody gay in my family. There were rumors. It was always that person and their roommate, and you know, I think they're funny. Um, but nobody was out in my family. So I didn't have anybody to look up to. I didn't have anybody to go to. I didn't have anybody to have those conversations with. So for me, it was just, you know, bad and wrong, and it's not what we did. You know, men and women got married and had children. Um, maybe got married multiple times, maybe had multiple children. That was perfectly acceptable. Um, and men in, I grew up in a very like patriarchal family. So even though I grew up with a bunch of strong women and my family is very, um, woman dominant, I also grew up with the idea 
that, you know, men did certain things and women did certain things. And my father certainly uh, believed that. My father certainly encouraged, uh, you know, women to be very feminine and soft. And he would allow me to try a lot of things, but he would constantly remind me like, and you're a woman, like, and you're a woman. So you can't do the same thing that men do because a man can go and screw a whole bunch of people and he's just being a man, but a woman can, you know, do the same thing. And then she will be a hoe for the rest of her life. She will be a slut for the rest of her life. So I was so afraid of what my father's opinion was going to be. Um, I've heard some nasty words uh, said in my family and not necessarily from my father, but I definitely have done some things that were that he wasn't happy with. So I was like, surely he is not going to be happy and supportive and, you know, loving and embrace me. And he surprised the heck out of me. Um, one, my brother was like, I don't know why you're afraid of him because one, you're grown. And I'm like, well, one, I don't ever feel grown when I'm talking to y'all. Um, uh, but two, my father has kind of been everything. Like he was the constant in my life. And so, um, there have been only a couple of times in my life where he has said like, you're, you've disappointed me. But for the most part, it would just be like, well, okay, if that's what you got to do, like, you got to go figure that out. I'm gonna let you figure that out. So I wasn't, I just wasn't expecting him. This was such a major thing. I don't, I know what I was expecting. I'm not gonna say I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting him to be disappointed. I was expecting him to say, you know, don't embarrass the family or this isn't the way that we do things because I got a lot of that growing up because I was just, weird and different and rebellious and always doing the most so that's what I was expecting and um my brother even was like well dad has been you know married and he's had his share of adventures like why do you feel like and I was like but he's dad like he's not me he's dad and it doesn't matter what dad did dad was kind of above, above reproach I don't hold that same status um so yeah I'm afraid of what he's gonna say and he was like well I love you I support you um, but you need to have that conversation with him. Like this whole, oh, I thought y'all knew it's an open secret. He was like, that's not cool. That's not how we do things. And I got it. And I knew that I had been um, on borrowed time with that for a minute. So he even offered to call my dad ahead of time. Like he called me when he got home. We were in Georgia. He was going back to California. I was coming back to Florida. And he called me when he got home. And he was like, hey, have you talked to dad yet? like no nah, not yet I tried to reach him I didn't get him but I'll you know I'll call him back and he was like well if you need a couple days if you want me to talk to him before you talk to him I will and I was like no you know at this point I need to go ahead and have the conversation so when I finally get in touch with my dad um lots of tears lots of crying and snotting and he says I kind of already knew but I'm glad that you finally felt like you could have the conversation with me. And what I need you to know is that I love you and I've always loved you. And I'm the happiest when you're happy. And if you're happy, that's all that matters. So that in brief is the last major time that I came out. And I will honestly say that my life has changed tremendously in that I am able to be fully who I am um, 
in a very unashamed and unapologetic way in all of the spaces that I occupy. And that for me um, is the most important thing that, that I can do with my life, that I can do for my life, that I can do for my children. So yeah, that's, that's part of my coming out story. Again, you can read the full thing at lesbionics.com um, in celebration of National Coming Out Day. If you have coming out stories, please feel free to share them. You can actually um, make your submissions officially to lesbionicsblog at gmail.com. And it's about time to wrap up. I, I'm sure that there are a bunch of people who tried it, like a bunch of folks. I don't know who all those folks are. I'm going to say sticking with the theme and where we are this week, I'm going to give the you tried it this week. I'm going to go ahead and say David France for stealing the idea and the work of Raina Gossett to produce the death and life of Martha P. Johnson. You tried it. You tried it. And you failed. You failed. You've been found out. Um, you were weighed and measured and came up wanting. Um, I always like to end on a positive note. So I'm going to say the positive in this whole situation is that Raina Gossett did not take this lying down. So, Raina Gossett, for the work that you've done, for the research that you've done, for bringing the issue to light, for not just letting somebody steal from you and, and being quiet about it and acting like it was okay, but for um, putting yourself and your life and your work on the line to tell the truth, you tried it and you succeeded. Well, y'all, that's going to be it. Uh, We're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. And hopefully next week, Lay Chocolate Girl Wonder will be back in the house. And we will continue with our normal shenanigans. Oh, I almost forgot. I don't know how I almost forgot. Y'all know that I've been waiting for this moment for what feels like a lifetime. It is time, y'all. This time next week when I come back, I will have information and news to share with you from Hotlanta, where I am going for Afropunk Fest, Carnival of Consciousness, where I will get to see none other than the incomparable Solange Knowles. Yes, baby. I will be there. I will be in the house. I can't wait. I have been putting together looks, thusly all this hair and extraness get into it yes this is what i would like to call franken hair um it's a new thing get into it so i bought some purple twist hair because i was just gonna do some purple twists because i like to have my purple hair uh wherever i go it's you know it's part of my brand purple hair and converse so of course i'm gonna be somewhere conversing rocking chucks and wearing purple hair so of course afro punk fest yeah i'm gonna show out so i bought I, so I went and hunted down purple twisting hair. I'll give y'all this story real quick. Went and hunted down purple twisting hair. Got this purple twisting hair home, opened up the package, and it was thin, 
as my patients. Word to my daughter, nunchucks, because that's where I got that from. It was thin as Sean Paul Gauthier hair. Word to Kanye West, because that's where I got that. It was thin, y'all. It was like maybe four to five. So, like, each one of these takes a couple of strands of hair. So, let's say the whole package had four to five twists in it. Now, y'all see all of these twists including all of the ones that are on top of my head. There is no way that normally it takes like six packages to do it. There was no way I was going to get through all of this hair with six packages of this real, um, I mean, it was just, ugh, I don't even know how to, do, it was like, nah, I was going to say something hella inappropriate. I'm not even going to go there. Um, it, it was thin. That's all I got. How thin was it? I don't even, I can't even begin to describe how thin it was. So I was like, I'm going to need a fix. So my girlfriend, Sam, says, well, why don't we get some blonde? They had blonde. And I was like, it, it was, it was hella struggly. Like you don't even look at my eyes. That should give you some indication of how struggly it was. So it was hella struggly. Um, and I was like, okay, so yeah, we're going to have to find something else to mix with this. So we went and got the blonde hair. The blonde hair is perfect. It's the right texture. It's the right thickness. It's everything it's supposed to be. But like one strand of blonde hair is like three strands of purple hair. So I realized quickly that I've now got 10 packs of hair. And out of those 10 packs, I'm only going to be able to use one or two packs of the blonde hair because it's so thick and I'm still not going to have enough purple hair. But they don't have any more purple hair. I bought the last of the purple hair that they had. Now, I know all my local beauty supplies, so I know which ones to go to for what. And I even went out on a limb and tried the other ones just to see if maybe, possibly, could be. They had what I needed. They did not. They didn't. So... That being said, I'm like, well, I've done purple twists before. I've done purple braids before. Surely I have some hair in there somewhere. Because extra black, extra professional black girl, I got a hair bag. Y'all got a hair bag. You know the remnant hair, the extra hair that you didn't use. She told you to bring 12 packs, but you only needed 10. So you wind up with all these different hairs. So... Pull out the hair bag. I have all kinds of purple hair, except for the purple hair that I need. I have no purple twisting hair. But shout out to my sister Ryan, who sent me this really beautiful deluxe purple ombre hair. So I was like, well, I'll mix the purple ombre hair in. And then from um, when I had the faux locks that had the teal in them, they were like mermaid locks. I was like, well, I'll mix the teal in. So... Now I have kind of a, a hodgepodge, Mardi Gras, fairy, mermaid thing going on. Like, there are some that have all three colors, and those are my favorite ones. So then I was like, it's, it's Afropunk Fest, and the spirit of doing the most is upon me. I think I should just embrace it and see like this one has all the colors. I think I should just embrace it. And go ahead and use all these colors. And just do the most. And so that's what I did. Um, and then I ran out of purple hair. Glory. 
So we went searching and of course nobody had it. So I bought some um, faux locks, the kind that you crochet in, pulled those apart, made the perfect texture for double strand twist, twisted those in, finished it up. And now I'm going to go to Afropunk with all of my hairs and be glorious. Get into it. So I just thought I would share that with you because I tried it and I'm giving myself the thumbs up. I succeeded. Well, it has been wonderful once again, kicking it with y'all at the intersection. I appreciate y'all meeting up with me. Hopefully next week, the Chocolate Girl Wonder will be back in the house. Next week, I will definitely be back in the house to tell you guys all about my adventures in Atlanta because it is Afro Pride, Afro Pride, that's what it is. It's Afro Pride weekend because it's Afro Punk Fest and Atlanta Pride and I will be doing all of the things, children, all of the things. So that's going to wrap it up for me. I thank you guys for joining me once again, meeting up at the intersection.